Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, the ultimate resource for business success and growth. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and I'm thrilled to be joining you on this exciting journey. Currently, I hold the position of VP and GM of NWS Canada. Additionally, I take pride in being the author of the critically acclaimed book, Never Sit in the Lobby. Throughout this podcast, my mission is crystal clear, to equip you with the strategies and insights you need to not only establish a strong presence in front of your clients, but also to take meaningful action and maintain that position. After all, being a pleasure to do business with is the key to fostering lasting connections in the corporate world. Together, we'll explore the art of not just building a successful and profitable company, but also cultivating a high-performing team that's capable of achieving remarkable results. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or anyone looking to excel in the world of commerce, this podcast is tailored to help you thrive. If you're eager to be part of the conversation, I encourage you to visit my website, navigate to the podcast section where you can sign up and stay updated and participate in the show. Our episodes typically run for a duration of 30 to 40 minutes, ensuring you get a compact yet insightful dose of valuable information. So get ready to unleash your profit powerhouse potential. Join me on this podcast as we delve into the strategies, stories, and secrets that will drive your success. Remember, your journey to becoming an influential person and prosperous business leader starts right now. Welcome to the Profit Powerhouse Podcast, where we explore the dynamics of business success, leadership, and entrepreneurial innovation. I'm your host, Glenn Poulos, and today we have a special guest whose journey and achievements in the world of business are nothing short of inspiring. Join us in welcoming Shannon Warren, the founder and CEO of Matrix HR. Shannon's story is a testament to the power of vision, hard work, and commitment. From a humble three-person startup to a multi-million dollar leader in North American recruiting and staffing, Shannon has redefined the standards in the skilled trades industry. His unique blend of white-collar workplace practices and blue-collar industries has not only transformed the staffing landscape, but has also brought a significant cultural shift, fostering an environment of trust, respect, and mutual growth. Welcome, Shannon, to the show. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Awesome. So um, why don't you start at the beginning and tell us maybe a bit about your early career and what you inspired you to uh, transition from, I guess, a carpenter, from what I read, to a contractor, to a leader in the staffing industry. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, we, uh, I was born and raised in a very small community of uh, Rexton, New Brunswick. It's a small town of about 700 people, uh, east coast of Canada, and uh, humble beginnings with my family and, uh, and friends there. Uh, I watched my uncles. Uh, yeah, had a construction company in the local area. Watched them evolve over the years. And uh, what I did is I graduated high school, went on to apply and prepare a technician. Did that for about a year and a half of Canada, and uh, I got laid off. So I had a few of my buddies that were flying to Western Canada, Vancouver, and they asked me if I want to come along, and they were going to start framing some houses. So I jumped on the bandwagon. My dad got me a one-way ticket to, to Vancouver. We uh, got into the, the trade uh, of the framing, started off very slow, eight bucks an hour, and uh, kind of learned that trade to a certain degree, and that led me into concrete. And then that led me to a project here in Calgary. So when I was here in Calgary, my the employer that I was working for at the time went and went bankrupt. I was here for about six months, and there's another company I used to work for in Vancouver by the name of Willow Bay Developments, and they landed a pretty substantial project at State University. 
they were looking to, to ramp up and looking for carpenters on a local scale. They, so I talked to them. I was going to go work for them. They asked me to find a few carpenters in the local area. I did. And then uh, when I had a meeting with them, uh, Steve Lachensen was his name. And he said, do you mind uh, invoicing us for your hours along with the people that you found, the two carpenters? So I called my dad. He thought it'd be a great idea. So he flew into Calgary and uh, I believe he put about 6000 on credit card for my first payroll. And that kind of got me started. So that was uh, you know, baseline entrepreneurship. I had done a few things prior to that. But just watching my, you know, my uncles uh, in my local community and other local community business members, uh, always aspired to be a business person like them. I always found them as a mover shaker to a certain degree and, and making things happen. So that really intrigued me. Uh, having my father and my parents and my family uh, give me that uh, that opportunity of uh, making that first payroll, but also instilling something in me and believing in me that really got me going in the, in, in the business. Nice. So. Yeah, started off very slow. That's awesome. Um, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneurs, would like to be entrepreneurs kind of thing. I mean, maybe what are some of the challenges you face when the early days of Matrix HR and and maybe some hints on how you how you overcame them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the same for a lot of uh, businesses starting out. I mean, no one knows who you are. You have no credibility. Um, you, you know, you're trying to get your concept to market, uh, making sure that it's showing your potential clients or clients uh, that the actual concept works uh, and that you're able to add great value to their organization. So for me, really very small starting off with working on site with the carpenters, slowly grew that out to a point where I didn't have to work on site anymore. You know, worked at my home-based business at that point, uh, keep growing the business and then obviously going out to other customers in the local area. So very, very small startup and it took a lot, many years to get to that, that next step, probably took a good couple of years. Um, so I think really just fun, fundamentally trying to figure out, uh, navigate, kind of offer a really good service to your customer and showing them that you're consistent and you're adding value. And then having them as kind of a benchmark to go out to other customers and saying, okay, this is my reference, this is what we're doing for this customer. And then branching off from there. So I think it's, uh, it's you know, walk before you run. Uh, you're not an industry expert in the beginning. So you have a lot of things to navigate and learn. And uh, I think, you know, with me, getting into business, I had no formal education. So really it's the learning from the hard knocks and, and asking the questions to my peers or my family members or my, my dad or mom at that point, at that point in time, and really just trying to build out that model slowly. And again, Glenn, I mean, this is a lot of mistakes over, over a course of 20 plus years, but I mean, I think that's the best way to learn is uh, you learn from those mistakes and it makes you stronger. It makes you more resilient and uh, it gets you to that next, uh, next level. It's like uh, almost like that, out of your comfort zone, right? So if you're in your comfort zone, you're not going to grow. Yeah. So if you're out of your comfort zone, you're always going to find That's that where growth. The growth comes from. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say, or would you say that some of your experience and skilled trades influence the culture and philosophy in Matrix HR? Is it does some of that carry over, or how how have you built the culture in your new in your business? Yeah, good question. I think uh, you know my past experience of working in the industry for about four years, it wasn't a uh, it's not a really great industry at that time. Um, very uh, negative to to a certain degree, where uh, a lot of a lot of construction companies were not paying overtime. Um, they were not offering benefits, uh, no uh, retirement package, and safety was a really big concern as well. And then I even had a few clients or customers that uh, sorry, a few empl uh, employers that did not pay me. 
so taking that experience and, and moving on to the new concept of uh, Matrix HR, it was, it was Matrix they releasing uh, at the time. And I just switched our, or I didn't switch, but I updated their name to Matrix HR here last year. Uh, just to make it more resonating because the matrix slavery thing, I find it's uh, making people confused about what, who we are and what we do. But I think uh, from, from my aspect is my learning lessons and, and what I'd seen in the industry, I was trying to clean it up. So where I was acting as a really good agent, making sure that any employees that come work for me, I was making sure they're paid on time every single time. Uh, being a small startup, uh, we're able to give a lot of attention and detail to both our customer and employee. Obviously, in our business, our employees are the number one asset. And also making sure we're voicing their concerns, hearing their concerns, making sure there's uh, no safety issues on site, offering those full medical dental benefits with merit contractors, which now is open circle, and uh, that retirement package plan as well. So those are all fundamentally things that I wanted to promote and provide for my employees because I didn't have that when I was working in the industry. Yeah. Um, what about mentorship? Is that, uh, is that something you, you know, you work with in, in your firm and, um, rising people up through the ranks or professional growth? And I mean, what's your approach to mentorship and growth opportunities? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, we have a really good uh, relationships with uh, the apprenticeship board, mainly here in Alberta. We're able to sign off on the blue books uh, for all hours worked and be able to get into their apprenticeship training number one and get into their uh, first year, second year, third year, and et cetera. So we're really big believers in, in mentorship and making sure that all our people are indentured into the uh, into the apprenticeship training program. And then also with our uh, benefit package, I'm really proud of it because it also offers the tuition reimbursement part of that package. And also it has the uh, life insurance component, which I feel is very important because mm-hmm. a lot of people in, in the industry of construction are not thinking that far down the line or that, that path. And a lot of people have families. And the last thing you want to do, I mean, things happen in life, as we all know, and it's very unfortunate where people, uh, you know, may leave way sooner than they're supposed to. So you don't want to be leaving debt or leaving a really bad situation to your family members. So I think that's really important. So for us, having that $100,000 life insurance built into their their plan is really important. Yeah, we did that too. And actually, I feel very strongly about that as well, that, having that um, and, and as it throughout the ranks as well. Right. So it's a um, yeah, it's a great, that's a great benefit. Um, how's uh, DE and I played a part in your firm. And I mean, I'm sure you must be on the front lines of that now, inclusive, inclusivity, diversity, and how do you do, do you have to manage that on a daily basis these days or um, what impact on HR and recruiting has that had? Yeah, I think we, we started with the, uh diversification uh, well, well over 10 years ago. The path that I was uh, trying to lead into was the Indigenous side. Here in Canada, uh, we're seeing a lot more opportunities, uh, especially in the oil and gas sector, uh, big mega projects. They want to have that in- inclusive uh, First Nation partnership. So we started building those relationships early. And it, it takes a long time, um, Glenna, as you probably are aware, yeah. having these uh, discussions and building those relationships and having that level of trust. So for us, uh, when we're we're having these discussions, we want to make sure we're able to offer some level of value to the nations that we're working with. Um, First and foremost, uh, going back to what we're talking about earlier is, you know, the mentorship and level of scaling people in the industry. We also have a lot of professional roles that we offer as well uh, that are, you know, very long-term professional roles in the construction sector. We also have IT and admin roles as well. 
So we're really trying to open up those roles to Indigenous communities around Western Canada. And we also have two for, uh, First Nation joint venture partnerships, one with Heidla and Akinamat, and the secondary one is so with the uh, GitGat and Prince Rupert uh, PC. We're working on a third one here in Alberta, but really that's really important to us. We want to make sure, again, we're adding value. We're able to do that mentorship, scaling, upscaling for the work and uh, the, all the, the benefits that we're able to offer those individuals to make sure that uh, they have someone looking after them and taking down those barriers. For example, if they don't have a bank account or a vehicle to get to work. We're always trying to, you know, our recruiters are here trying to help support and take down those barriers to make sure that we're finding solutions, not problems. And the other thing, uh, Glenn, is we work with a lot of nonprofit organizations uh, here in, in Calgary, in Alberta, uh, to name a few, Women, Women Building Futures is a big one mm -hmm. for us, uh, Eco Canada, um, and we also work with the uh, Immigrant Education Society Center for Newcomers. So again, going back to that in inclusive uh, uh, company that we're trying to operate here is we're really trying to give equal opportunities to anybody coming into Canada Anybody living in the in Canada that has maybe those barriers or don't know how to get a job or maybe doesn't have a, a complete resume. So we work with nonprofit groups uh, right across Alberta to make sure that we're taking those barriers down, getting those resumes built, uh, PPE requirements, uh, any kind of safety training requirements, anything at all that we can do to help support to get them to work and, and generating a good income for them and their family. Wow, that's awesome. So... Um... You know, the, a lot of people struggle around the concept of when they're starting their business, you know, what, uh, becoming the leader. What does it mean for leadership? And I mean, obviously, you've been at it for 20 years. So, I mean, just open, you know, discussion. How, what is your sort of philosophy on leadership? How do you approach it or any tips about leadership um, for people just starting out, people in the middle, struggling along the way? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, seeing all the trials and tribulations that I've seen, I went bankrupt once, uh, almost went bankrupt a second time here uh, back in you know 2020. So a lot of uh, a lot of roads to travel and a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. But I think the, the biggest point that I can really uh, tell everyone is stay humble and stay hungry. Because no matter, I mean, everybody, you know, a lot of these entrepreneurs, they think they're the smartest person in the room, mm -hmm. and they think they they think they can they're adding a lot of value, which I'm I'm, I'm sure most of them are. But I think end of the day. We're not all complete experts in our field. So I think you just got to stay humble. We're always learning continuously on a daily basis and figuring out how we can add more value and how we can serve our, our community better, right? So I sit on a lot of different boards and do like uh, charity work. I went with Ronald McDonald House here in Calgary and also the uh, Plains Foundation. I sit on the board with the uh, Poker Committee. Do a lot of great work with the, uh, the kids uh, around the Alberta uh, for, uh, you know, getting into sports and setting up arena uh, uh, outdoor rinks for first nation communities stuff like that so wow. um really, really proud of some of these charities that we're involved with so i think it's really you know once you get to a certain level in, in your career and you're, you're doing well i think it's really important to, to give back to your communities that you're working in and you're representing and i think it's uh, really important for all of us to, to do our, our very best to help our, anybody around us and, and getting leveled up in the career in their careers and, and again just not losing that focal point of uh staying humble and staying hungry yeah the um any takeaway lessons from your from the situation in 2020 and how you turned it around or how you stayed positive or how you just uh you know 
kept coming back? I mean, um, you know, how'd you get through that? Well, first off, I'm, I'm really grateful that I got through that and it really uh, humbled me as a person going through the situation like that. So in 2014, oil hit $26 a barrel here in Alberta. That basically evaporated all the work that we're going after in the industrial sector here in our local area of, of Alberta. Uh, so we, we end up, uh, so I am making, making some bad uh, moves at that point in time. So what I thought is I'm going to spend my way out of this recession. Uh, we had a few prior to that that were pretty short. I mean, for us here in Canada in that, uh, 2008, uh, the housing crisis in the United States, um, we were definitely impacted, but not as, as bad as the U.S. We, right. We've got, we weathered that storm very quickly. I think it was a couple of years where we had a little bit of a bump. But 2014 was a completely different beast, a different animal. So I, uh, I thought I was going to spend my way out of it. I brought in a new uh, president. Uh, I brought in more staff, beefed up our, uh, our marketing efforts. And unfortunately, it, it didn't work. So I ended up spending a lot more money than I should have. And what I should have done is I just I did the opposite, scaled back, run very lean. It would have made us a lot stronger and prepared us, uh, you know, to get a third of that that storm. And unfortunately, I did the opposite. So we ended up acquiring some debt. And then we had uh, COVID hit uh, in 2020, as you know. And then we had a customer not pay us for $1.6 million. Oh, um, so that brought, yeah. that, that brought us to our knees. So... Uh, luckily for me, I had a really good uh, partner, and, and I think uh, going back to that, like you know, when you're building these relationships or partnerships, are really important because a lot yeah. of times you can't do do it all on your own, Glenn. Yeah, you really have to have these uh, partnerships in place because a lot of times entrepreneurs are on, uh, on an island, and a lot of people don't know what we're going through on a daily basis. And uh, I think uh, I think mental health is a real thing. I I, I, I experienced it. I know what what it's like. So especially being a male too. I think you don't want to open up and, and be vulnerable. Yeah. I think you, you, you know, being a man, you want to try to take it on, on, uh, on the chin and do it on your own. So partnerships are, are really important uh, to get you through those hard times. And so with that customer not paying us for 1.6 million, I formed a partnership with a company called people 2.0. They're a global company operating at about 4 billion currently. And they work with all staffing firms on a global uh, global scale. And they do all back-end compliance risk management uh, process payrolling weekly, and they also do uh -huh. insurable and receivables. Uh -huh. uh, so luckily for me, I had them as a good partner. So I was communicating with them, letting them know my situation. And luckily they worked with me, but uh, there was a lot of hard days that uh, I didn't know was going to happen. But uh, really end of the day, it was just getting up, uh, just saying a prayer every morning, coming into work and just doing the best we could at that point in time. Yeah, I remember you know, certain days I'd coming into the parking lot and sitting in my vehicle crying because I, you know, didn't know what to do, right? But just had to get out of that truck, get up to the, get up in the office, face people yeah. uh, in my office, and make those phone calls that were really hard phone calls to make. Yeah. And luckily, luckily for me, I stuck with it, and people that were around me stuck with me, and I was able to fight through it. So now we're completely debt free. We had our best year on record last year. We did twenty-six million dollar revenue. Nice. And so without the people that were there with me along, you know. My internal staff, Mike and Claudia, you know, my, my bank ATB, um, you know, people 2.0, just name a few, that stuck by me, allowed me to get through that storm and uh, get to the other side. But what a great feeling and a sense of gratitude to get through that. Yeah, definitely. Um, how did uh, being recognized by the Profit 500 um, impact, uh, you know, and I'm not sure when that occurred, I'd, but I'd love to hear the story. I had a company in the in the 2000s to, um, where we were on the same 
So just curious how that was for you and, um, and maybe when that occurred in your, in your growth cycle. Yeah. So we had a, a really big bump, um, in 20, 2012, actually, we went to a, basically like a $5 million company to a $13 million revenue. Nice. And, uh, so we're, we're featured on profit 500 and the fast growth 50 here for Alberta. We're number seven at that time. And then to go through fast forward 10 years ahead and to go through what we've gone through with the downturn and everything that we experienced. And then we were on the, uh, Canada's top growing companies with global mail just, uh, this year. Nice. And so what a, what a great feeling to, to get on that list. We're, we're I think we're ranked, uh, ranked 111th out of 425 in Canada for 366% growth over the last three years. So it wasn't just the, um, the recognition of that award, but it's more just an internal feeling of like, wow, like we actually made it, we went out of that storm, we got through it. Um, so just like great pride of my team and, and just, you know, where we've, where we've gone and where, where we're going. Right. So now we're, Get a really strong foundation. We, were, you know, like I said, that the um, how have you seen the um, staffing industry change over the years, and how where do you see it heading? I mean, I'm sure there's been lots of evolution, and uh, but curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think uh, I think right now we can a lot of people can attest to this. The AI is definitely uh, coming into a lot of sectors, right? So for us trying to adapt and and react to that. Um, and I think technology is a big piece to what we're doing. You know, a lot of companies that aren't uh, getting on board and, and figuring out ways to streamline your operation, your processes, your systems, you're going to fall behind, right? So for us, being a mid-sized company now, we have to you know spend those dollars and get all our internal team on board and, and get the buy-in to make sure that we're all working together cohesively on some of these new platforms. So for us, we've uh, spent considerable amount of money on a new platform called JobViva. That's our new ATS system that we're using internally. We've got 60,000 uh, in our internal system right now and about 70,000 on our social social media platforms currently. So we spend a lot of time and energy, um, you know, working on our social media, trying to get that exposure and trying to show the company that we are to the general public, that we are, you know, a localized boutique style staffing firm in the trade sector. Um, and we also have all our accreditations with uh, Avita, uh, with IS Network and Plyworks. And then we also have our core certificate for uh, Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan with Energy Safety Canada. So, and, and we also have the, uh, we're also able to do security clearances with the federal government of Canada as well. So very proud of those accreditations. It takes a lot yeah. of time and energy to get those done. Yeah. It's something we're able to add a lot of value to our existing clients and new clients coming in. Yeah, that's amazing. The... Uh... What sort of fuels your entrepreneurial drive? What's and how do you sustain it? Because you've been at it for twenty years, been through a couple of heavy, heavy duty downturns, and brought her back from the brink. Um, what what drives you, you your spirit there? Yeah, I think it's just the, the passion. I mean, I, I come into my office, I see everybody has the exact same passion, and I'm very lucky because you know, I, I, like I was telling you earlier, Glenn, I don't have a lot of education, but I I, I definitely have a way to resonate with people, and I have the passion. And I had the vision to, to move something forward. So when I'm coming into the office and seeing my team behind me and really excited about what's going on and, um, and you know, all driving towards that vision and passion that I have is pretty remarkable to see. And again, very blessed and very grateful to have that team behind me and what we built today. Uh, I didn't build it myself, it takes a team. And uh, so yeah, grateful for that. So I think, you know, just waking up with a sense of gratitude that, you know, I got my health, I got my family, my daughter, 
your friends and family, my employees, uh, and my clients. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll put a lot of trust in us in each and every day to help them on their mega projects and, and big commercial projects across Canada. We're now entering the U.S. market as well. We're set up in 50 states uh, currently. So I think uh, you know we're very excited about the future. And again, just waking up with a sense of gratitude and yeah. want to continue the course. We're not done. We, we've got a few things we want to get that. We want to get to the goal line. So we have a pretty big year coming up in 2024. We see the market picking up here uh, throughout Canada, mainly Alberta, BC. And uh, so we want to capitalize on that market and also want to really add more value to our First Nation uh, relationships and partnerships that we have. Um, and then also we're in, in the in midst of trying to find an acquisition. So that's not easy nice. trying to find a, an acquisition target. So we're obviously right. communicating that and putting that in the universe in, in the hopes that we can uh, find someone that might be interested in working with us and partnering with us. That's awesome. The um, So what, uh, you know, what advice would you have for aspiring entrepreneurs, someone looking to start their journey or jump into the entrepreneurial world? I'm sure you've been asked that many times, but uh, I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, I think uh, I think obviously if you have an idea and, and you're passionate about it, you got to follow your dreams and, and not give up on it. Because I mean, as we all know, Glenn, we're older guys, so um, indeed, uh, you just you don't want to have those regrets, right? So I think when you're younger, yeah. you just got to tap into that. I mean, and I, again, I was lucky. I had I had uh, parents that loved me. I had a great family. My um, you know my my parents didn't have a lot of money, and I was lucky that they they had put some faith in me and put that six thousand on a credit card. If it wasn't for that, I probably I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So you know, so much gratitude for them. Uh, so I think you know, for entrepreneurs out there that don't maybe have that network or that you know, the parents to rely on, there is other avenues you can go to. Uh, BDC Bank is one of them. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch in the U.S. I'm sure, but yeah, it's really just trying. And, I mean, the power of Google, right? Just getting on there and and and, get, and networking with different uh, entrepreneurs and, and asking the questions, but. I think first off, trying to find a really good idea. You think it's it's going to add value. Have, make sure you have passion behind it, because I mean the passion is going to carry you through those hard times. Right. And uh, and and yeah, and just uh, just following through in your dreams. I mean, That's you awesome. never want to give up on that. Yeah. That's great. I want us to compliment you. Your gratitude really comes through. And I think it really resonates with me. And um, I, you know, I, I really concur with a lot of what you have to say about that. And it's a lot of what drives my, you know, uh, my, you know, how I go to it every day as well. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm always talking about empathy, active listening, gratitude and forgiveness. Right. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they've been real game changers for me. So, and I just want to say, you know, you, you're, it really sounds like you talk the talk and walk the walk. So, um, thanks Glenn. Yeah. Um, so what would you like to share with the audience as we wrap up and, uh, how to get a hold of your firm or if there's more to learn about you and, uh, and how to find that out? What's some stuff there? Yeah, I think uh, on our website, uh, www.matrixhr.ca, um, you'll find all our information on the website. We were a, we're a full-service uh, trade staffing company operating right across Canada and now in the United States of America for 50 states. Uh, we also do uh, HR, or sorry, um, admin and IT roles across Canada. So, uh, so yeah, you can check us out on the nice. website and uh, we, all our social media platforms as well. Uh, Matrix HR, you'll find us. We have our... Um, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We have all, we have it all. So we have a really good uh, person in here. Tomalka looks after all that on a daily basis. So, yeah, awesome. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for being on the Profit Powerhouse today. It's been great having you as a guest, and uh, best of luck to you in the future. And happy holidays, of course. 
Thanks for having me, Glenn. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of the Profit Powerhouse Podcast. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you're brimming with expertise and eager to join us, navigate to my website at glenpoolis.com forward slash podcast and go to the Be a Guest section to connect with us. Don't keep this information to yourself. Please share this podcast on your favorite social media platforms to empower your network with the strategies and wisdom you've gained. Your feedback fuels our growth. Please take a moment to rate and review the Profit Powerhouse podcast wherever you listen. Your input helps us to continually refine our content to serve you better. Remember, our mission is your success. We've committed to providing you with the tools and insights to drive your business forward, and we're excited to have you on this journey with us. To stay up to date on the latest episodes, hit the subscribe button, and let's stay connected. Reach out to me on social media and continue the conversation and stay inspired. For resources and information, visit my website at glenpoolis.com. And before we sign off, remember, I'm Glenn Poulos and reminding you that your potential as a business leader is limitless. Thank you for being a part of this podcast where your success story begins.